0: Welcome to All The Things Podcast. I am Regina Lawrence, your host. I am a lawyer turned soulful business and life strategist and a transformational mindset coach. I'm also the founder of the community, All The Things Business. I have created a community of women who can truly be all of the things, successful, spiritual, sexual, and wildly unique, all while creating a life of purpose and passion according to our own rules. We don't have to look or be the person that society dictates or demands for us to be anymore. We don't have to play by somebody else's rules. We can truly be whoever we want and that person can be all of the things. Welcome to my podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of All The Things Podcast. I'm your host, Regina Lawrence. And today is an exciting episode because it's one of my dear, dear friends and soul sisters, Hillary Foster, who is a marriage and family therapist. So, Hillary and I met. We were a part of an incredible mastermind in LA with Chris and Lori Harder called Fast Foundations. And we were a part of their first round of this mastermind. And I kept finding myself in social situations with Hillary where we'd be sitting across from each other at dinner, having these very candid, conversations about sex and about dating about men and really taboo nuances to these conversations and so when i decided to launch this podcast she was one of the first people i asked to be a guest because she provides so much value she's so knowledgeable she has a really interesting story and take on marriage and relationships and i think that she is truly such a gem, and she's been such a valuable woman in my life and such a beautiful friend to me. So, I'm so happy that you all get a chance to experience the beautiful Hillary Foster. So, Hillary has been a marriage and family therapist for over 20 years. And one of the things that she does really beautifully is she helps women embrace change so that they, they can lead a more enriching and rewarding life in her process she has developed a three-step process that helps women turn their life transitions into empowered transformations so that they can start to live a life that's really filled with purpose and joy she helps people move through whether it's a divorce a personal loss a change in career or somebody who's simply trying to reach a new stage in their life She gives them the tools and techniques to really make powerful and meaningful changes that are purposeful and positive so that we are able to become the people that we aspire to be. She's a beautiful soul. She's a fucking, I mean, she is a gem of a friend. So with that, I hope you guys enjoy this episode.
1: Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I love our conversations. I'm happy to just jam out with you on all things relationships, sex, dating, whatever anybody wants to know. I I know. Juicy questions.
0: Yeah. So it's so funny, like my following and my clients and the people that I work with are always asking me questions about marriage, about dating, about sex, sex and communication. And so I thought, who better to have on... Then one of my favorite people to sit across from dinner with, drink a cocktail and talk about
1: marriage, love, and relationships. <laughs>
0: mm.
1: So fun, so fun! Oh my gosh, we had the best time. Definitely. Where's our so, cocktail, by the way? <laughs>
0: I know. I have a. I have a co- coffee's my cocktail of choice right now. So Hillary, I want you to share with everybody a little bit about your backstory. How did you go from the beginning of your life? To being a licensed marriage
1: and family counselor. <laughs> oh my gosh, way back to the beginning of my life. Yes, um, I think I was always drawn and fascinated by just human nature and why we do the things that we do. But um, more so, I grew up in a family. I was I'm a, from a divorced family, and I it, I really took it very very hard when I was about I was about 11 when my parents split up. And then my father um, basically um, was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. So he, I just kind of watched him just dissolve into a different person, the person that I really knew. And I was very close with my father. So that was just a very painful experience. And, I had a lot of loss early on in my life in terms of, like, I was very close to my grandmother and I lost her very young. And so I just went into this series of, um, you know, questioning, like, why is this, like, life so challenging and and hard? And so when I went after college, um, I studied psychology and I I really got into it and I thought it was very fascinating. And um, after I graduated college, um, I went on to just be a nomad and, and kind of discover what I wanted to be. I was in Colorado and just had a great time like living life. And then I decided I had to grow up, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> and I moved back to California. Never, I, never. I don't want to grow up, right? No. Peter, yeah. So I, um, I, I ended up getting a job just randomly, like in a mortgage company answering phones. And I was just every day. I was so miserable. I was like, is this really it? Like, is this <laughs> the pinnacle of my life, my existence? I can't do this. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with like an office job or if that's your calling. And I just couldn't do it. It wasn't for me. And I met a woman who was a therapist. And I remember back when I was younger and my mom had taken me to a therapist. And of course I went kicking and screaming, but I really had a, a good positive experience. And so this woman was a therapist and I thought hmm, maybe I could do that. And so I went back to grad school and did all the requirements and 3,000 hours of internship and got licensed as a therapist. And I've been licensed almost 19 years now. So it's definitely been a, a, just a calling on my heart and a passion to help people and to um, evolve. And relationships are such a pivotal uh, part of our lives, right? They're everything. Our relationships with our families of origin, our relationships with our Boyfriends, girlfriends, spouses, uh, siblings, everybody. So I think everything in life is really based on relationships. So I've made it my mission to master it as much as I can. (laughs) Still learning and growing as well. Totally. So being a marriage and family therapist, like
0: how – because I know you and I know a bit of your story. Um, Mm -hmm. How has that
1: impacted your ability to navigate marriage and that type of relationship yourself? Um, in terms of, you know, my own story, like my own, because I was married and I'm divorced. So, yeah. um, yeah, yeah. Part of my story, like I had, I was newly licensed when I met my now ex-husband and I was, I waited till I was in, I was about my mid thirties. Um, so I, you know, did the, I was, met my husband and and was like the fairy I thought I would like the fairy tale like I had just sort of like oh my god here it is it's really true like he was handsome and he was charming and he was um you know we lived in Laguna Beach and I was you know we agreed that I was going to be a stay-at-home mom it was like literally like oh like the all my prayers were answered right and I was like this is amazing and I was um we all do as humans. (laughs) We, (laughs) we can put the blinders on to things that maybe our intuition is like our little soul nudges, but I really wasn't um, aware of that at the, at the moment. So I just dove headfirst into it. He just wooed me and like was very charismatic. And we, we got married. I mean, we were in a relationship for about a year when he proposed, got married, got pregnant right away because we were both older he's almost 11 years, my senior. So yeah, had two kids and my older son has special needs. So it was like, I was like knee deep in the trenches of, you know, motherhood and newly mother, which I was like, I don't know, there's definitely no manual for that. So the, the mom's like navigating, you know, being a mom and being a wife and all the new roles and integrating all of that. And I think I just had the the notion that um, it would all work out magically, right? Like a lot of us do, because nobody you know, pulls the curtain back of like a, the Wizard of Oz and tells us <laughs> that the no. challenges that we are going to face. Um, so yeah, he had a lot of deep, dark um, of his own personal things that he hid that I wasn't aware of. Um, he was very masterful at that. And I was very... Um, obliged by being blindly into my, (laughs) my own story of like, this is amazing. So yeah, our relationship fell apart when I found out he was, um, cheating on me, but cheating in a way that was very much, not just, it wasn't just an affair. It was, um, pretty much, um, I uncovered, um, what I believe is probably, I don't want to tell his story, but perhaps a sex addiction with like, you know, Escorts and other things, and I was just kind of blown away with two little kids and no, not too many resources. I was a stay at home mom at that time, and so I was like, Whoa, like you mm-hmm. know, the talking head song, um, How Did I Get Here? I don't know, it was a day's yes. go by. It goes like, and he's like, That <laughs> yeah. video, was always like, and I was like, This is not my beautiful life. And I just <laughs> like that was, I was like, How did this like just go from this, like, you know, fairy tale to a, literally a nightmare? and uh, so when you get
0: to so when you get to that point and like you at this point you're a licensed that ther- you're a licensed therapist i was licensed
1: yes but i wasn't practicing uh-huh. but you're,
0: you're a wife your mother you are, you uncover this like mm-hmm. what is the what's the response
1: what was his response or what, what was is my response what's like my your response all of my response was like holy shit yeah i was i mm-hmm. think i was in such a state of shock that i really like I I want to say, I mean, there's, there was inklings now, you know, looking back on it, there was things, there was probably some red flags that I just didn't pay attention to, but I would have never in my wildest dreams have, have imagined this. So it took me a long time to really like get stabilized, get grounded, understand what was happening and realize that this was something that we weren't going to come back from. Like I tried, I tried all the tools, like let's go to therapy, which that's great. But he wasn't really willing to do any of the work and to really see like that it could have been, it could have been pivotal in terms of if he was willing to like take ownership of what was going on. Um, But it just, I couldn't um, see myself like, in that kind of relationship and and not being honored and not being respected and not being, you know, loved the way that I wanted to. So I did leave with two small children. They were four and two at the time. And it was a hard decision because I think we're so conditioned and also being a therapist, you know, so conditioned to think that we need to stay in the relationship because we've made a vow or this is what people do or we should stay together. But it's not always the healthy thing to stay together. I didn't want my kids to grow up in that toxic environment. So
0: And something that I talk about all the time with my audience is power in the pivot and Mm -hmm. the pivot can come at different points in life. And for you, that was a really fucking powerful pivot that you made. How, where did, where, like, cause you had to be afraid, you had to be scared. Like you had to be, Mm -hmm. you had to be like unsure in moments. Where Mm -hmm. did the power in that pivot come from? And then what
1: happened when you were able to get out of that marriage? What happened next? Mm Um, absolutely. There was so much fear. Like, can I do this? I mean, I knew I could always take care of myself. I was very like self assured and I had, you know, good, you know, from what I thought my self esteem, even though it's hard to have self esteem intact. Um, but I, I just was like, how am I gonna take care of these two little kids? Like I was a stay at home mom, like I, hadn't, like I had nothing. And I literally left with nothing. But I think my moment where I gathered the strength was, there was a moment where we got in an argument and he literally just said, if you don't shut the F up, I will bash your face in. And I believed him and I wasn't gonna allow that. I've never been in, that, in a position to allow myself to be that way. So I, I just summoned the power and just left. And I left with, like, literally, like, a car and my personal belongings and my kids. (laughs) And it was was hell. And I remember thinking I had friends who would come over and buy me groceries because I didn't have money. And I had – and mind you, I lived in Laguna Beach, but I didn't have access to money. I didn't have access to anything. So I had to, like, rely on support. And I always thought, too, like, I remember – In that moment, I was like, "There should be something where women who are in this situation could go—not like a shelter, because it wasn't like I needed a shelter. You just needed, like, you needed other people that had been through this to like support you through it and tell you it's going to be okay and you're going to be better off for this and you're really going to make this through. And as hard as it seems, because you can't see past that, you can't just see past like the darkness and like, oh my God, this is going to be so hard. And it was—it was hard, but it was also." I say you know and as you know we were in this personal development world and like your mess becomes your message or your triumph becomes oh. your know, tragedy becomes your triumph and it really I I realized when I when the dust settled for me that I was like I wasn't really being who I really was, like truly who I was, I was just conforming to a role and I was conforming to what I thought people he wanted me to be, and I thought what like a wife should be, and I thought with well, this, but I didn't have a voice in my relationship I mm-hmm. didn't have a say because he was older and you know more like i I deferred because I grew up without a dad. I didn't have a mirror like of what that looked like. Right. Even though I loved my dad. And so there, you know, all my issues, regardless of that, I was the fact that I was a therapist, like all my issues came out, my abandonment issues, my, you know, fear of, yeah, just fear of failure that we all have. Like, what are people going to think of me? And totally. How is that going to look? So,
0: don't you think so many women get stuck in? I love what you said about conforming to the role. Don't you think that? And I just am saying this from people I've chatted with. Mm-hmm. Um, people conform to the role of of whatever they're supposed to be in that marriage and mm-hmm. lose sight of themselves.
1: Mm-hmm absolutely because we're all programmed as you know like subconsciously like we witness whatever our experience was in our family of origin right and what we were told whether you come from you know whether it's from religion or from school or like stories or whatever you witnessed we're really we're literally subconsciously acting out that role unbeknownst to us until we can uncover our own selves and to look in the mirror and say what is like what really is on my heart right like what is what is how do I want to live my life because in the patriarchal relationship the the woman is sort of still looked upon as not like not an equal although we have you know women's like women's rights and like so we've come you know as they say we've come a long way but there's still sort of this underlying current of the the woman um in the relationship or we overcompensate and a lot of women then become like, I'm going to be like this, like woman, hear me roar. And like, I'm not going to take shit from anybody. And then sort of has like an emasculated partner that they get to run Mm -hmm. over. So instead of finding that soul, like that balance of like a a true, like a partnership, we kind of go polarized. Sometimes we get into those positions of like, well, I'm not going to let anybody, you know? So I think it's, it's true. There's, you have to figure out like, what was my, what did I witness? what do they experience and how do I want to take that and really move into a relationship and choose? Right. So I think we're unconsciously, we're always choosing whether we know it or not. Right.
0: Totally. When you came out of that relationship and, and you, I mean, from what you're saying, like really stepped into your power. um, When did you transition back into being a a practicing therapist again? How did that Mm -hmm. happen? Mm -hmm.
1: Like, let me tell you, it wasn't like instantaneous. It took years. It definitely took years because I literally started over. I went back to bartending. (laughs) I was a 40 year old bartender. I mean, I had to put food on the table. So I would bartend at night and I would take some clients here and there, but I was, I was still, I was, I was, you know, not in a position to necessarily be there for other people. So I really just dove in and did my own personal work. I think it was like, I went to a Tony Robbins event and I was like, watching him and a lot of the things you were saying not to discount because Tony Robbins is you know the guru of well even though you know he's such a you know magnificent just person in the personal development world that has a lot to say but I really was listening I'm like this is all stuff that i know like i already know this and it was a reminder and yeah. i saw like and i saw him on stage and i was like i could do that but like i mean but in my own way and i thought like it really was so i just i then i started to just kind of go down the rabbit hole of personal development and really explore that and um and so it t- it took me years and i'm still i'm still working on it and I will do it until the day that I die because I think that that's what we're here for is to evolve into the highest version of ourselves and and serve others in the way that if I can serve other women in this position that's my hope and my my desire.
0: Totally and I love you sharing like it it wasn't instantaneous like you went from bartending to slowly taking clients and growing your business. I feel like a lot of women that I talk to who are in a similar position that you were in They're Mm -hmm. like, my husband's the breadwinner. He makes the money. Mm -hmm. How do I leave? How do I make this side hustle I've been building happen? Like, Mm -hmm. and leave my husband and raise kids. They get so overwhelmed by it that I think they just stay in the relationship because they're afraid.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because it's true. Because you're like... the all we're, you know, the what ifs, the fear gremlins come in and and keep us stuck because our, our your ego's job is really literally to keep you safe. So going outside of something and stepping outside of that and like doing something, whether that's a business or getting out of a relationship that is unhealthy and toxic or whatever that may be, right? We're always kind of like bumping up against that resistance, and mm-hmm. recognizing like, oh God! But when your soul, like I always say for me too, it's always like instead of being pushed, you feel like you're being pulled towards something and. And once you align with that, like things magically happen like you meet the people you need to meet or you get involved with a group or you find a support group that there's plenty of them out there, and you 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 connect like we're in such a time now that that we have the ability like i mean I didn't have I didn't know you know ten years ago, and that seems like it's not that long ago, but yeah, yeah. but like now you could literally get on Facebook and find like single moms in your area or a group that you can network with, and you can really like step out because you can recognize that you're not alone. And that's, I think the biggest thing for most of us is that we feel alone in our pain and and, and that disempowers us.
0: Totally. Absolutely. So tell me about your practice now and, and what you're doing mm-hmm. as a therapist.
1: Yeah, no, I, yeah. So I have a private practice and um, I love seeing my clients and I, it ranges from couples counseling to individual counseling. Um, so I see a multitude in people struggling with a lot of these common things. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> um, yeah, it's wide and it's varied. And I think having a lens of uh, going through my own divorce and recognizing what a relationship really takes, then not just like a textbook, but like what it really takes and, and, you know, peeling back those layers of that onion and really getting in there. And I would love, I think this information needs to be out there before you get in the relationship because <laughs> we're totally unconsciously picking a partner that will mimic um, our caregivers in some way, even if we don't didn't like the way that we were treated, we unconsciously are going to be drawn to that. So I think being conscious and aware of who you pick as your partner would be number one. But if you've already done that, <laughs> then yeah. Yeah, getting into therapy early. I think people think that therapy is this negative experience that is like, oh God, if she only finds out about me. And it's not that at all. Like, It's more of just you getting to discover yourself, really. I'm just a witness, and I'm here to hold up the mirror and to show you maybe new ways that you can't see your blind spots. Like, I can't see my blind spots. I need help. I have a therapist. I have, you know, coaches and people that I work with because we all have blind spots. We can't see um, those sides of ourselves that we're not willing to look at. So, yeah, that's a little bit about my practices, kind of a little bit of everything. That's awesome. So I pulled my audience. Okay. And ask
0: them about different mm-hmm. topics of conversation. So, because you're the expert, we're going to talk about some of my favorite things. Okay. Um, including, you, and you and I have talked about some of these things before. Mm-hmm. Dating, mm-hmm. sex, boundaries, mm-hmm. toxic relationships, all that good stuff. And then I have really specific questions that we'll get into. Okay. Okay. Um, So I'm going to, we're going to do something like a little bit fun. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to kind of rapid fire a couple words that come to mind about dating. And Mm -hmm. I want you to tell me like, as as soon as I say it, what comes to your mind? Okay. Okay. You ready?
1: I'm ready. Tinder. Oh my God. (laughs) that's everything that's everything <laughs> she just she just swiped left on tinder everyone i'm, I'm sorry i can't tinder i can't well, I, I also i'm 50 so like tinder is like uh, it's out of my demographic i mean i'm sure there's people i just can't i can't tinder sorry people i can't
0: okay uh texting in dating
1: i think if you te- okay does it has to be a word like or no like, it could be it could be a, okay. it could be a thought My thoughts on texting and dating, I think it's like, hey, I'm going to meet you here or let's do this or like real short things or, you know, like good morning or sweet, but not in-depth conversations because texting is just, there's too many ways you can misconstrue things. There's no context. There's not. So don't have like any intimate conversations through text.
0: Thank you. That were That paragraph is to the, genera- the whole, this generation.
1: <laughs> well, don't have your whole relationship via text and digital world. There's actually a good idea. You need to learn to communicate with your partner in front of you. And I um, get it. Sometimes there's things you want to bring up because it's probably easier, but I can't imagine growing up and not um, just that's the only way you communicate. That's going to be really interesting. It's going to be yeah. really,
0: it's really interesting to see the host of issues that come out of the next generation <laughs> that spent their whole time Texting, texting to communicate intimate intimacies. And um, mm-hmm. Oh, next word, sexting. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, okay, okay, sexting. Okay, I'm just. I just had like a visual of dick pics, just like go rolodex, go through my head. Right <laughs> I know it was funny when I started like afterwards because of course you know I'm single in my forties I got to date again and that was so interesting navigating okay I'll answer your question but I just had to tell you this was funny like that is so funny to like the whole. Uh, like sexying and like dick pics and I'm always just like I was so taken aback by it so guys I really if you're listening I want you to know that it's not an attractive appendage we only no. like it when we are a, like when we have a connection with you we're like not a attra- we're attracted to you and then that just is part of the package like literally but nobody wants to just see that on its own so I had this idea like so if anybody any girls have like saved their dick pics that they've gotten this is a funny idea that I'm gonna share with you because I had to delete mine because I have kids. So I was always afraid that they would see them. But I, thought, I love this. If you, me, if you made a coffee table book out of like, so if you send me your dick pic, just know that someday you could be like sitting on a coffee table, like you, at somebody's house. <gasps> like, That's, fair. Like, everybody That's so else, fair. like That's so fair. That's so fair. Because you have no warning. And here comes this like, Shh, and you're like, oh, I didn't. Yeah.
0: Do you have any good dick pic, unsolicited dick pic stories you would like to share?
1: oh my gosh there's just the whole host of them there's so many of them because i think that that was really like it was always so off-putting where you'd be like you'd meet somebody through you know dating app or whatever and then you start conversing and then like like that would just come like and you would have no warning and then you'd be (laughs) sort of like is is this what people really do Mm -hmm. but i was always yeah so i was like i would just usually make some snarky comment but um yeah, I don't have anything that I can recall. I just was always so like taken aback that that was like a, like a guy's doing that, and I always then I thought that I felt felt for women or young women that would send other things because like once it's true. I sound old and I sound like somebody that just like that just you that you never know where that's going to end up.
0: Totally, so, totally.
1: You need to establish like trust and a bond, and I feel like that's a missing piece. Like we're always going to like too quickly through these you know so they say like swipe nation and all the culture of like just everything is like on hyper speed and so we're really missing what we're all longing for which is the connection the right connection. like wants to connect but everybody's so afraid of like oh well i've got to right just it, it it it's on hyper warp speed And you're Mm -hmm. never really like getting what you're, you're never get your needs met. So that's why everybody's so kind of like walking around unfulfilled and unhappy because they're not really asking, nor do they, I think they even necessarily know what, what they need.
0: Totally, and I even find for myself when I have been on dating apps like Tinder, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I don't like the way that I respond. Like I I become a lower version of myself. Mm -hmm. Like I have like okay, if I'm being completely honest, like my Mm -hmm. system and method for Tinder is Mm -hmm. I. The first thing is number one: Are you hot? If I don't think you're hot, swipe left. After you pass the hot test, it's like okay. What do you do for a li- What do you do mm-hmm. for a living? Mm-hmm. And then it's is your profile corny? <laughs> do you have <laughs> do you have shirtless ab pics? Swipe mm-hmm. left. But bathroom like I feel,
1: selfies.
0: Bathroom selfies done. If they have Snapchat filters on their face, y- this is just like a life lesson, men. If you hear this, right? Don't please. don't snap don't Snapchat filter your face. It's so corny. Like it's bad enough that girls do it. Don't you do it too? But like I I would feel like I was like becoming a lower version of myself, mm. swiping, because, like, I I crave human connection, like we all do. Mm-hmm. But then I was basing my, like, choices on, like, lower, like, more base, like, reactions and responses, you know?
1: Right. I think that's such a great point, because now that I'm remembering, because it's been a while since I've um, done any swiping, <laughs> but it, I think that's such a great point, because I, what ends up happening and now I'm recalling is like, we become reactionary, right? So we're in, instead of you being like led by it, it's like you're, now I have it, like now I got a nitpick and now I have to respond. Like, what do I say? Do I like acknowledge it or do I just sort of like laugh it off? I know for me, and I think we've talked about this before, I get very like sarcastic and snarky and like, mm-hmm. like my, I go, my default would be like my humor or just like being like, I love good witty, witty banter. So if you can wait, if you can banter with me, like, that's totally. Fun. But then I also find that the conversation like that just goes downhill really quickly because it always ends up being, you know, in the humor totally <laughs> it takes a takes a road down, you know. But but I just think it's too quickly. My point being is like it goes there way too quickly, right? Like it mm-hmm. just you know, you don't really ever get to like you just wanna know like, well, how soon are we gonna have sex? Like when are we gonna do this? Like let's meet, let's hook up, let's like get this going. otherwise i'm gonna gonna swipe other people
0: yeah exactly so i had a guy this is interesting who i connected with on hinge and we hung out a few times we hooked up um Mm -hmm. but he had a new girlfriend he he met someone else and he was i thought it was really cool he said listen i like you i met another girl though Mm -hmm. um i'd like to spend time with her and get to know her great i end up he in his Instagram story, he was like mountain biking, and mm-hmm. he had like like a cookie. There was something in his story that I responded to about. Um, mm-hmm. His response to me was a video of his flaccid dick in literally. You know, I live in Arizona, so it was literally mm-hmm. between a between <laughs> a rock and a cactus. His flaccid dick, like flopping in the wind. What? It was a video It was a video. Like, number one, you told me you have a girlfriend. Number two, your dick is flaccid. (laughs) Number three, where'd the cookie go? Like, what's happening? And another like so me and my friends have talked about this. Like, like you said a few minutes ago. Like, we don't want to see that. But also, like, you didn't even put any effort into it. You just sent like a floppy
1: dick, a floppy dick video to me. Like, who are you? And what is he, but my point is like, what do you hope to gain from that? Like, if you're on the other end of that, like when, like the thought that occurs you, like if I'm a guy, then like let me let me send this to her because like she thinks that's a turn on like whatever happened to like being and i and maybe this is it like for men like out there don't think about what turns you on think about what's going to turn her on like do you really think your floppy dick is gonna like like turn you on between a cactus and a tree i don't know what maybe it was i know wasn't for scale wasn't for life (laughs) <laughs> Was it like, like... It's not quite as big as a cactus, but it's bigger than a... Stack. It's bigger yeah. than a cookie. Like, <laughs> like, oh, what are you doing? You know? I don't know. I think there's, that's the problem is there's not a lot of like... It's like forethought, like foreplay. There's not a lot of that going on. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of people thinking about it and that's my point is like everything is just like become we're we're coming from a place of just constant reacting and we're mm-hmm. not really putting any thought or effort into because there is always somebody willing to like hey great dick pic or great like flaccid dick video like there's a, a girl out there that that will work for you know if you like what's that thing if you throw enough shit at the wall it's gonna something that's gonna so true right? So they're just sort of like, that's always how I felt when I was dating. I just felt like there was no effort. I felt like it was just like, here's some, you know, crappy, like if this great, there was no, that's why I kind of got off of it because it, it just, like you said, it was like low vibrational. And I'm sure there's a lot of great guys out there. I am not man hating. I love men. Oh, I think they're amazing. And we just need to find a better system because this one is not working like the, the dating and I feel bad for anybody who that's all they've ever experienced. Yeah. I miss that. Like, I miss that. Like. Oh when you see somebody like literally cuz you can feel their energy and you're like you look yes. at them and, like you look away and there's chemistry and you're like oh my gosh and, you know like all the butterflies come and all those feelings like that's so amazing like that's like literally well it is a drug it's like literally like the best feeling and yes. we, don't that we don't get we don't hu- we
0: don't human like We don't human anymore in dating. Like, even me. Okay, so I I just turned 33. I think about 10 years ago when I was 23, how Mm -hmm. different it was. I think about sitting in a bar, making Mm -hmm. eye contact across the bar with a stranger, and then sending me a drink. When the fuck did that happen last? Where, is, where did that go
1: where did that happen everybody's on their phone swiping while they're out in a bar like i know i miss that too it's I miss just the good old like yeah i think you guys you guys need to bring that back let's bring that back you know what else needs to come
0: back and i've actually had people do this the telephone call Oh yeah, I love
1: a good telephone call.
0: Oh, I had a guy the that night be before like give me like, "Oh, if you just telephone me. That'd be so Totally. Awesome. <laughs>
1: like she's on the other end. like, "Just please telephone me. That's all we I want." Know. We I want know. I know. Sexy voice and we I love her- your yeah.
0: I love your phone sex voice by the way.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I, know. I could totally like It's that. so I think I could get I could get a second career in like, you know, sex. What are, do they still have those like dial a dial a sex phone operator or something? That's like a that.
0: good. That's a good question. I'm gonna Let's have to that Google back. that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's just start a whole new platform. Like a whole new platform. Like you. Let's telephone. Let's do it.
0: Let's have our telephone, phone, sex voices. So <laughs> <This is good. laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, I miss the telephone. I've actually had guys. and I've had great success on Tinder. I've had great okay. dates. Okay. I've had great success. Um, but I know I learned how to weed out, like, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the trash. But I would have guys call me the night before a date. We would talk for, like, an hour. And, That's like, so nice.
1: get, to know,
0: get to know each other. Old school. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like people don't know, they don't know how to human anymore and they get to, they get to hide behind the app. They get to hide behind a screen, just like people control you on the internet. Men, you know, when you give that platform to anybody, they can kind of throw the shit at the wall. The thing Mm -hmm. that you said a few minutes ago, which I've been thinking about is that why are men, why do men keep doing this? Because somebody somewhere out there. Has has accepted it?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Like, I'm not. We're not the first women they're sending unsolicited dick pics to because there's some girl out there that's like,
1: okay, and responds like sends her vagina, like. Exactly, yeah. I had I had some guy
0: ask me to send him a picture of my kitty, and I was like, "You want to see a picture of my cat?" <laughs> and he was like, "You know what I mean." I was like, "You're nasty."
1: You're nasty. And besides, like, okay, first of all, the like the posing that would go into that—that's just what throws me off. I was like, "How do you like even like? Is there lighting involved or like?" I don't, I don't even want to. <laughs> I don't even want to see my own kitty. I don't need
0: to take a picture with a flash and send it to you. Like, get out of here.
1: <laughs> you know, where do we go from here in the relationship? Like in the in the scale, like that's where do, where does it go from there? Right. Because if you've already just like before you even met, like you have pictures of your genitalia. Like it just totally it, it doesn't like set a good, you know, s- foundation for where the relationship is gonna go. Right? Totally. Like,
0: and that's a problem. Know. And the sexing, so like I'm all about. Uh, the former lawyer in me says this, I'm right. all about sexting with somebody you have an intimate relationship with when mm-hmm. you make, when you do it discreetly, AKA like I've, I've sent a nice booty pic before, but my face yeah. is not it. My face is mm-hmm. not yeah, in right. it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I notice this young generation, I hear it from mm-hmm. my nieces who are teenagers Kid, teenagers are getting in trouble because they're sexting. They're se- mm-hmm. or like girls are sending full naked face photos to like boys in like the eighth grade, and yeah, then grade and then everybody saying. and then everybody gets in trouble for child pornography. Oh, like
1: yeah.
0: it's a problem, but yeah. it's because they're growing up in this age where we don't communicate normally we Mm -hmm. like the way their sexual boundaries are so different now than like what they were even 10 years ago.
1: Oh, that's so true. And I think that's a really good point. Well, first of all, like like what you're saying, the full circle moment, because you started with a question about sexting. And I do think that it has a place like, right. But I think you have have to establish a like a dynamic and a a rapport in the relationship that you're feeling like, okay, because you know, when you get a dick pic, you're like, oh, well, that could be one of, I don't know how many he sent. And then you're, you don't really have any, but if you've gone on dates and you feel like you're in, like, I think it totally has its place. It's fun. It's like, totally, totally like have a place in, in the relationship. But I think, what and then going back to what you said about the younger girls it's like the boundaries like we need to teach like what is a like and that's what girls because other girls are doing that and they're learning from other girls like oh like yeah send them a naked pic or like and we're in such that vulnerable state like teenage girls and young women and wanting to be approved of and liked and I remember going back like like that stage for me like I spent so much of my young adult life like trying to get validation from men, like oh if he thought I'm attractive or does he want to go out with me or does he like me then like that was where my self-worth was always like in yeah. my body images my body looked great and I, I went and then I had a full resurgence of that when I got divorced so here I'm at 40 I've got two kids who's gonna want me I had to be like super like I was like oh I have to have abs and I have to look a certain way only that's the only way I'm gonna get a man yeah and when I went through that whole like psychological Thing that like a lot of the teenagers are going, I have this whole like resurgence of that insecurity in me. Totally. About, oh, I have to be beautiful, and I have to be sexy, and I have to be like all the things. But I, you know, and realizing that I'm like, no, well, I am all those things. But I mean, <laughs> but I have to love myself before anybody is gonna love me the way that I want to be loved. If I want to get that same crappy relationship, then I would still stay in that, right? Like I would have still totally. stayed that cycle of just, like, making, like, always focusing on my external and always focusing on what people see, but never really deep, taking a deep dive and focusing on, and that's really, like, the last probably, you know, five, six years that I've just gone in inward, and do I, do I like to look good? Sure, and do I have a healthy dose of a little bit of, you know, vanity? Absolutely, but I think there's, you can't rely just on that, and we're, so, we're taught that as young women, that, that we are our looks, mm-hmm. and you're only going to be loved if you Look a certain way, or you have a certain standard or a body type, and we're really sending these messages. And I, you know, to these young women, it's like your body is sacred. Don't just mm-hmm. text a picture of that. Your body is your temple. It's like your sh- your soul is housed in this like body. Yeah, and I treated mine so like. Poorly in terms of just not loving it and not honoring it and like putting it through these workouts because I was like, oh, I always have to like look a certain way and I always have to be like this person and this image. And it's like, oh, when I just started like loving myself, then it was like, I didn't have to worry about that. I eat, you know, I can work out and like because it brings me joy or I can eat the things that I want because it brings me joy. So, yeah, loving yourself is such a big part of this, like, you know world that when you go out there dating on Tinder or whatever app you're on, like, if you don't love yourself, you're going to, you're going to find yourself in a relationship that is, you're going to, either you're going to, you know, put up with the ghosting and the crap and the treating you and dating multiple women and, you know, Mm -hmm. toxic, toxic relationships because that, that comes from that place of not, not loving yourself.
0: Totally. And this brings me, there was a question I was going to ask you, but I'm actually going to ask you it a little bit differently because people Mm -hmm. always ask me about when should they have sex or having sex on the first date. But it's interesting. So you just talked about loving yourself and how like you have to first have love of self. Mm -hmm. I lately have been thinking about how like, because I'm in such a place of like loving myself and like, feeling mm-hmm. so good about myself, it's really transformed the way I date and also mm-hmm. the way I have sex, not just mm-hmm. in a relationship, but also casually. Like, mm-hmm. because I feel so good emotionally mm-hmm. and spiritually, mm-hmm. like, i if I have a great connection with somebody and we have a great date and we have mm-hmm. sex on the first date, mm-hmm. I feel fine. Like, mm-hmm. I feel great. Like, I'm like, okay, like, maybe it'll work out. Maybe it won't. But mm-hmm. I think about times in my life when I didn't have the self-love, when I didn't have the self-respect and when I have had that one night hookup, mm-hmm. I feel like shit about myself. Mm-hmm. So, like let's I want to dive into that for a second about like the connection sure. between the love you have for yourself and like mm-hmm. when you have sex with people because I think it's I think it's different. Like I don't think there's one answer. I don't think we can be like, no, you shouldn't have sex on the first Fourth. date. Like, right. don't, you, don't you think, and you and I have talked about this a little bit before, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. don't you think it all ties into, like, you first?
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Like, I don't think there's any rules, like, yeah, only have sex on three dates, and he's going to, only because he's going to think you're a, a slut if you sleep. Well, like, all those old, like, I don't think that's true, but I think the, the way that I would answer that question is I would ask yourself, how are you going to feel if you never talk to him again? Mm-hmm. Because if you feel bad that he's never, he didn't, oh, he didn't call me because I had sex with him. It's like, no, if I feel empowered and I'm like, I'm horny and I feel good and I'm attracted to you and we had a great time and I want to have sex because I want to have sex. Then, right. And you're like, if I never talk to you again, then that's cool too. Like, but if you're going to ever feel like bad about yourself because you slept with somebody, whether it's on the first date, whenever that is, then I would say, wait, then I would hold off until it's like, yeah, this feels good. This feels good, but don't hold yourself to a lot of those old rules because mm-hmm. those don't work. Right. Because then again, you're just, you're putting yourself in this. You're not really being fully present. You're not being yourself. You're not allowing yourself to like fully express yourself. Like being a woman, you know, especially me, like being a you know, woman in her fifties is like, I've come to like love my body and be comfortable in my body and be able to express myself whereas when I was younger I didn't it was all about like oh don't look at me and don't feel me (laughs) you know so now it's like yeah I I think but if you're gonna feel bad about it then I would say I would say wait until you felt like. totally Right, like if you never talk to him again, you're like, no, you're lost.
0: <laughs> totally, and I also you're think we're gonna have
1: amazing. Sex <laughs> <like that> again,
0: <laughs> exactly, and I also think that if you're a woman who, because I've seen the opposite too, where like I have girlfriends who they're not to that place where they're gonna feel good if they don't talk to him, and so mm-hmm. they want to say to men like, no, I'm not gonna sleep you, unlo- sleep with you unless we're monogamous, mm-hmm. and they get afraid to say that because they're like, mm-hmm. Oh no, like is somebody not going to want to date me. And I'm like, if that's your boundary, that's your boundary Say that then communicate that. And you will find mm-hmm. somebody who eventually wants to be with you, even mm-hmm. if you're waiting to be monogamous.
1: Yeah, no, I think you have to honor that because if you're going to give into your right, like if that's where your standard is and your boundary is, and I want to be monogamous because like, that's totally respectable and and i think that that's great but if you like here's the thing this is what i always figure is if the person says no i'm not willing to do that and you are like okay well then he's not your person right oh, or wow. she's not your person whatever however the roles reverse because that's the thing is people are like well what if he doesn't like me because i didn't sleep with him or what if he like he he's gonna move on it's like he's gonna move on sister regardless. Like if that's the case, you can't hold somebody to, it's not because you slept with them on the first date or in the, you know, awaited five dates or whatever the rule was, um, or till you're monogamous. It's like, you have to really, that's something that I wish I would have known when I was younger is really like, listen to your intuition and feel it. And it's when people go or things go in your life, recognizing they went for a reason. And I always say to myself now, that just wasn't for me. Thank you very much, universe. That just wasn't my person. And as hard totally. as it is, like people are like, "Oh, I can," i will like devastate. But the quicker you get to that point, the better your life is going to be in so many ways, right? Like if I just is like, "Oh, that wasn't for me." Okay, thanks. But and stayed- and ev-
0: and every person mm-hmm. I've dated and hooked up with over the past like year and a half, they've mm-hmm. all there's been a lesson in every single one of them. It's been like. I learned something I love, I learned something mm-hmm. I don't like, I learned something about sex, like mm-hmm. oh, there's always a lesson. So like cool, like that was a great experience for me for whatever reason. Like mm-hmm. thank you next. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you. Who wants a who wants a shot at the title?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So something that um okay. something that people have asked me about with sex is in the context of relationships, one of the questions I got today was how, what is something that couples can try to do? Like couples that have been together for a while, um, mm-hmm. what can they do to have a more active
1: sex life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I get this a lot as well. Um, I think we forget when we get in a relationship, especially if there are kids involved, like we forget to have fun and we forget to play and we forget to do like beast be spontaneous and be sexy. And the spontaneous is not always easy to do, right? When you have responsibilities right. and jobs and all the things, and I'm tired. And and I think a big part of it, and I, I, I kind of, I'll call women out because I know a lot of people have this experience was like, I don't feel like it. It's late at night. I'm tired after the kids or I'm this or I'm that, right? So, we can always convince ourselves of, of literally anything. Right. So mm-hmm. I would say behavior way into feeling different. If you don't feel like having sex, what makes you feel good? Maybe you put on some second, maybe you dance around in your room. Maybe you get connected. Maybe you sex throughout the day. Maybe you like, totally. you know, I get it. There has to be a schedule. Maybe you play like a fun game or um, I like to, I do this and you can do this for like, sex or you could do like for just dates like I'll get like have each person put like five things in a jar and only put things that you not things that you either think your partner would hate or doesn't want to try like hey we have anal sex and they're like no I'm sorry I don't like right like (laughs) that's a note that's an exit only zone (laughs) they're like "Uh, that's not on my that's not on my list but like do things that people you know that you know your partner like oh it might like spice it up but it would be like out of the game like role play yeah Um, do I think a lot of people forget, like, um, just enjoy, like, right? Touching, like, our skin is an erogenous zone, it's our largest organ. We forget to just, yeah. like, play with each other and massage. I was dating this guy, and I mean, if he ever listens, he did. I will say that he gave me these, like, hour long massages, like that were like out of this world. Wow. And, like, it's like, yeah, just, I mean, he was amazing just like, cause he could feel like he was able to just like feel. And I was so like, it was like, I was so relaxed. So like sex was super amazing because it was like, I'm so relaxed, but I think most people are like, Oh, well, let's just go to like, we'd only have this amount of time. So yeah. for, don't forget to play with each other. Maybe one night it's like a foot rub or maybe one night it's just playing with your partner or maybe it's like, right. Like don't just have the same kind of sex everywhere or don't even necessarily like build up to that. Like mm-hmm. get excited about something because you're, especially women our sex starts in our minds, right? Mm-hmm. It starts in our head. We are like, Oh, do you fantasize? Do you get excited? But it's like meditation, right? We can go back to that. Oh, I can't quiet my mind. Cause I'm like, I've got the grocery list going and I've got this, and I've got the kids to pick up. So yeah. find ways that you can connect. And it doesn't have to be like, I don't know, go in the garage and have a quickie while the kids are watching like, you know, whatever kids watch these <laughs> days I, I almost
0: said I almost said while well, the kids kids watch Barney Barney <laughs> yeah, like, but like Barney doesn't yeah. exist anymore. <laughs> I, watch,
1: like, I know. While well, they're playing Fortnite. Um yeah. yeah, like I think it's more of like being open to like newness and excitement and just that's a muscle, right? It's something that we all forget to do because we get in our humdrum daily lives of routine and, you know, hey, if the wife can meet her husband on his lunch break or- Yeah. Like, right? Like go to, I don't know. Well, don't get arrested, people. I? <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're not suggesting anything that would We're get not you not arrested, not guys. <laughs> Well, it's but also too, like, and also like with that, like getting creative, like
1: make the time for it, <laughs> make Absolutely. time to have sex. <laughs> Unfortunately, a marriage is part business. And I think people forget about that. Right. So you have a lot of different dynamics. And I always suggest this to my clients. You have to have like a weekly meeting. Like, so this is not sex. And maybe you schedule sex in like this. We ha- Oh, so-and-so's like has you know, going to be at school longer or whatever or you have the time or hire a sitter or whatever that is, whatever your resources are. But like it, like you kind of have to plan if you have a busy hectic life or if you feel spontaneous and you can meet your partner somewhere because you have a lunch break or however your day is, or you work at home and yeah, just make the time, but it starts in your mind, right? Like, cause you have to have the desire. It starts something like creative, like in your mind, especially for us women. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think another question that I got, which ties into this is what are daily practices and activities a couple can do to stay connected, which ties into the sex, because if you're not feeling connected, Mm -hmm. like through the day or through the week, Mm -hmm. like a a woman is not going to want to have sex. So what are some things we can do to like, you know, stay connected?
1: So this is a question like I suggest that you can ask your partner like in the morning, like, or is some point in the day, like, how can I support you today? Right. Cause if we feel supported, we feel loved. And if we feel loved, then most likely we're going to feel horny towards our partner. We're going to feel attracted, especially a woman. Like, it's not like, Oh, you didn't do the dishes and women never withhold sex because your partner did or didn't do something. Confront them. Like, you know, have that conversation in a different way because you're really withholding that from yourself. Right. And that's turning yourself, that part of yourself off because I do hear a lot of women like, well, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like having sex. So behave your way into feeling different, behave your way into doing something different, connect with your partner. Don't let arguments spill over into the next day and into your sex life because sex is so important. Like, but make out or hold hands or, um, do like funny things that you used to do together that remind you of being playful or silly or, you know, I think we just get so like caught up with these blinders on in our relationship mm-hmm. and we've got so much to do on our to-do list that like, we forget to just be, and so connecting, maybe, like, that might be, like, how can I support you today, or, or send the text that just says, like, regardless if you got in an argument, it's like, hey, I just wanted you to know that I'm, like, I'm thinking about you, or I just wanted you to know that, like, yeah, you're amazing, right, because whatever we pour ourselves into, especially if, like, it's, it's positive about our partner, but we, a lot of times, focus on the negative, that build that up, right? Like look at your partner in the way that you want to see them. Maybe not the way that they appear to you now, right? It's like creating your reality and your future. Like how do you totally. want to see this person? How do you view them? How do you know the person? Then start seeing them as that is. And you're going to want to do things for them, right? You're going to want yeah. to feel that because we all want to feel loved. And if, when we hold that, we're shutting ourselves off from receiving it as well. So yeah, find those little, like, leave a little note in there, you know, does anybody do that anymore? Like, post-it notes or on their bathroom mirror, and, like, I love you, or- I know. Or you're hot, or even if they're, like, you know, got a hot belly and they gained some weight, like, whatever, like, see them as hot, like, (laughs) that's okay, love your love that part of yourself.
0: Yeah, just, like, simple things. I think, also, when we get into long relationships, like, we just kind of take advantage of the fact that the relationship is there and it's always going to be there, mm-hmm. and we we put time and effort into everything else, mm-hmm. and we don't put effort into it. Like I'll even tell people, like if you're having trouble remembering to do things, like schedule things and you schedule a note in your phone to like do something. Or guys, I'll talk to like one of my guy friends. His partner loves fucking. She loves flowers. She mm-hmm. loves handwritten cards and she loves flowers. Mm-hmm. And I said, put reminders in your phone a few mm-hmm. times a month to bring her flowers and to write her card. And you'll be getting blowjobs for years. Right? Like,
1: just do it. Just do the simple. I know. We make it too complicated. Oh. We, we let resentment build up and then we don't want to do it. And then, I, so that's the sad part about it yeah go back to how do you want to feel like how do you want to feel in the relationship right and then act that way and don't look at it, your partner like oh because they don't do this or they don't do this for me it's like again going from inward and out like how do I want to feel like I literally wake up every day and I just say like how do I want to feel today mm-hmm. and I and I practice that vibration and are things going to throw me off are people going to like do things or like I'm going to get knocked off that but if I know that I can stay the course so it's like ask yourself how do I want to feel today how do I want to love like because when I give that then I'm able to like receive that right where i feel like we're so with we i think in long-term relationships people become withholding of their love which totally
0: and i had a it reminds me i had a client recently Mm -hmm. who has been like at a standoff with her husband Mm -hmm. and there's certain like acts of service he likes every day and there's certain Mm -hmm. things that she likes and he's not doing the things that she likes so she's Mm -hmm. not doing the things that he likes Mm -hmm. and they're at this standoff in their marriage and i said to her how long do you want to be married for? Mm-hmm. And She was like, well, f- forever. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, are you sure you want to be married forever? She was like, yeah, I want to mm-hmm. be married forever. And I was like, okay, so your husband loves it when he gets home from work. If you have a plan for dinner, not even to make dinner, he likes to make dinner as a family together. Mm-hmm. And, and she was like, yeah. And I was like, so what happens if you start doing that every night? And she was like, well, mm-hmm. if I do that, like he'll do whatever her love, la- love language is and i was like okay well why don't you stop the standoff and like let the love circle like happen and she was mm-hmm. like it is kind of dumb and i was mm-hmm. like but that's <laughs> but that's like i think that's like such a good example of like mm-hmm. what we do in relationships like you said we let it build up the resentment and then we're both at a standstill and then when we say that standstill for too long, like we stop having sex and we stop mm-hmm. building the relationship. And then when you stop having sex and building the relationship, shit just fizzles.
1: This is true. This is true. That is a great point. And I Constant. see that very often. Constant.
0: Um, okay. So another question yep. that I got was, uh, okay, so couples who are struggling, mhm how, what are some questions that you would ask them to get them to see, is this something that we should be a relationship that we should be working on? We're just at like kind of a block in the road or should we be parting ways? Like how do you, how do you question and talk to couples through that time of their of a relationship?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, that's great. Well, that's how I, most people come to my office when they're at that point, right? Because they've let it go so long. Um, so this is my suggestion and what I suggest for my clients is each individual create what I call a relationship vision, right? Like what is your, if I had like, right, like if I had a magic wand, what would your relationship look like? How would you feel? What would that look like, right? Like get detailed, do it like a vision board thing, each, however you want to do it, but get really detailed of like your ideal relationship, right? Like what is that, right? Here's the thing is that most of us, we get in a relationship and, and I always say this, this will be a title of another book that I write is like, spend more time planning your marriage than you do the wedding. Right. Because everybody's so bent on the day that they get married and this is that. And then we get <laughs> married and we're like, Oh shit. Now what? Right. Like nobody, yeah. nobody has the blueprint or the manual. So, I mean, there's a lot of tools out there, but nobody, nobody, we don't practice them until we get into this point of our relationship where it's like, Oh, this is it. Let's throw, you know, let's just chuck it. We're not good for each other. You don't make me happy. I'm miserable. Right. Mm-hmm. So I say, what is the point? So I mean, there's definitely for me, there's like, there's definite deal breakers like addiction, right? There's like, a, I mean, infidelity to like a, a certain degree. Um, there's certain things that I say that people should obviously abuse. Like, don't put up with any of that. Like, that's not gonna, you know, mental health issues that you can't fix. Like, if you know that you can't fix people, right? You can't stay right. in something where you're like in a toxic relationship, abusive, and you think it's gonna get better. It's not. That's those are like definite you need to leave. Yeah. Um, And so if you're at that standstill and he's just like, oh, you're just not unhappy. And we argue a lot and this is uncomfortable. And I'm just sort of feeling stuck then I would create the relationship vision and see, right? Like then compare, right? Compare each relationship vision. And do it and say like where are we off like are we off on big things are we off on like how do we want to live the rest of our life are we off on parenting are we off on these things and is there room for negotiation can I see a different version can I be a different way because I think you know like right I don't get in my car say you want to say come to my house I'm like you live in Arizona I don't know where that is if Mm -hmm. I get in my car and drive I'm gonna get lost sort of same the way it's like a map create a map of where you want to go right just like we do for other things in our lives our businesses we set goals like, where do you want to go in your relationship? Most of us just go, oh, I just want to be married forever. Like, well, why do you, why? Because that's what somebody told us we should do. Mm-hmm. So what makes you happy? What lights you up? What brings you joy? How do you want to spend your time? If like, your husband's a total couch potato and doesn't ever want to do things and you like the theater and you want to go out and, and like, if you can do that with your girlfriends and he's content and you're cool with that, great. But like, you have to look and see where on those, on that vision that you create are you maybe off on really big pivotal things or there's room for like hey yeah you know what I'm okay with that I can deal with that or I can work with that or we can right so I'd say that would be my biggest that would be my starting point where you're when you're stuck because it's not the other person that's making you unhappy again it goes back to yourself. Where am I unhappy in my life? What could I be doing differently? Am I not taking care of my body? Am I not taking care of my like mental health? Am I not nourishing myself? It's not anybody else's responsibility to make us happy. It's ours. And so the the relationship is just a mirror to that. So if you're really unhappy, look at yourself first, right? Yeah. Take a good hard look in the mirror and say, "What could I change? What could I do?" Right, because most people come into the counseling and they'll say like, "Oh, my husband does this, or my my wife does this, and change this, and I don't like this." It's like maybe change your response to it, totally. How you react to certain things, right? Like, um, so that's a big part is like just owning, like own your own shit, people. (laughs) Yeah, it's so true, and I love what you said about
0: like what is your version of like a great relationship and like mapping that out because i think we get so good at mapping out other things in our life we get so good at scheduling other things in our life but when it comes to that like intimate relationship that like maybe we want to be in forever that's like the thing that we we don't plan we don't map out and then we're like wait why are we getting divorced it's so
1: it's weird because like I always say I think the relationship a relationship is the most most important thing you're going to do in your life, right? It's your I think it's your biggest like contribution especially if you're having children, right? Like if you're creating uh-huh. other human beings, you better be like like don't just get in a relationship and say I want to have a couple kids cuz that was what everybody else has done for generations to come. It's like figure yourself out, then decide mm-hmm. like what kind of partnership do i want to be in and if that's not what's your like what's calling to you then make a decision and it's hard and i'm not saying get divorced from just you know willy nilly but like make make a conscious decision but make a conscious decision especially if you're still dating like really yeah, yeah. like spend some time like getting to know yourself because you're just going to get in a relationship and it's a mirror reflection to everything about yourself
0: totally Something that's come up as a question a lot is mm-hmm. when people are on the self-development journey and they're married mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. one partner is doing mm-hmm. the work and growing mm-hmm. and up-leveling and the other partner isn't on the journey with them. Somebody asked the question, how long do you wait for them to come around or what do you mm-hmm. do? Like, you know, h-
1: how would, how do you handle that? Mm, that is a tough one. Yes. Um, I think it, you know, it, I wouldn't wait for them to come around because that's not your, right. If they're, they're not going to join you in that. It just is like, at what level do you, where it's causing you discomfort, right? Mm -hmm. Like where's the discomfort? Like you want to go out and you want to do things. I think it's, that's a really individual thing. And it would be hard to say, um, have just kind of like a blanket answer. I think it just really depends individually where the person's at the journey. Like if somebody just is like, I don't believe in it at all. And that's a bunch of like, you know. BS yeah. then, then your values are different, and then I would say, yeah, I just have different values now. Like I think back, and if I if I was still married, and I start, and I did that, my ex would be like. What the heck? Like, is he so kind of like angry and everybody's like, everybody's a jerk? <laughs> and I'd be like, but let's like look at the world. It's so like you know beautiful and positive, and not that it all is, but it's just kind of like I know our values are would be so different. Like yeah. if I am like who I am today and who he is like today, we would we would have gotten divorced for that reason because I would I would have felt like so suffocated that I couldn't be who I was really meant to be. So I guess that's that would be my answer. If you feel so suffocated and you can't be who you truly want to be and you want to like grow and you want to evolve and you want to serve and you want to shine your light and you want to do all those things and you can't because of your relationship, then I would say it might be time to reevaluate that.
0: Totally. And I think it even goes back to what you said about like when couples are at a roadblock, like this is a, this is the same a different version of a roadblock Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. like, what's their ideal? What's, what's each of their ideals in a relationship? And Mm -hmm. like, is it big things that are different? Is it little things that are different? Like, and can they reconcile them like Mm -hmm. self-development or not? Right.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. If it's like, if the person's like knocking you down for it or criticizing you or saying like, that's a like, those are fundamental If your values are different. Right. And you, how you maybe want to raise your kids or how you want to see how you want to live your life. But yeah.
0: Yeah, totally. That's awesome. Um. One last thing I wanted to ask you about, mm-hmm. it's, you know, you talk a lot about helping people to rebuild after they've been in a toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of times that people are in a toxic relationship or an unhealthy relationship, but Mm -hmm. they think it's just how it is. Like, oh, like he's controlling and he's a man, men are controlling. Like that's just how it is. And so we often will have these blinders on to Mm -hmm. things that are toxic because maybe it's, you know, that's how men are. Um, mm-hmm. what are, what are some things for, for people to consider when they're evaluating their relationship and they're trying to determine like, is this healthy or like, is this becoming toxic? Like what can they examine or ask themselves?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, well, I think it would be really difficult and I would say seek, seek, therapy or counseling or somebody like an expert, because again, it's really hard to see your blind spot. Cause your ego is going to like negotiate with you and your ego is going to go like, yeah, but he's going to tell yourself that story. Like, yeah, but my dad was growing. Everybody's controlling. I like, I like to be controlled because I don't mm-hmm. want to have to make decisions for myself or I, I, it's okay because I live in a nice house and it, I, my, I have a roof over my head. Right. So we're constantly like negotiating. So I would, I would, I would see somebody to really like have that mirrored back to you so you can hear what you, you know, right. Like, cause it, when you're kind of just going internally, I mean, you could journal about it. I would write some things out. I would ask questions. I would, I would, I would take a look at your, there's some real, one of my favorite books I'll, recommend is um getting the love you want by harville hendrix which Mm. he talks about like the imago and like get like how we're all wired um you know again subconsciously like our caregivers and our story create so like it and there's really good exercises in that book but i would seek professional help to really kind of discern um if that's accurate or not or if you're just like you know because i think sometimes we can just we can fool ourselves Totally. It's, it's okay that he, you know, cheats on me or, oh, he only hit me that one time or mm-hmm. he only yells at me. Like, he doesn't yell at me in front of the kids or he doesn't, right? Like, some of those things that we're constantly kind of going, like, oh, it's not really that bad or it's not as bad as so and so. I would hear that a lot from clients, like, oh, but like my girlfriend's in this relationship that's like, oh my God. And right. And then you're like, mm, okay, I know. But do you see like any parallels? So sometimes we need an outside observer to really kind of help us. Get clarity
0: For somebody that is looking for a therapist, what are mm-hmm. things, what are some things that they can should consider like if they're in a situation like they're seeking somebody for marriage or relationship counseling what are some things that they should consider when when looking for a
1: therapist? Mm, that is a great question. Um, yeah, I think it's like interview your therapist just like you would somebody else. I think like a doctor, like ask for a consultation, like I'll give get on the phone with people like 10 or 15 minutes and see how you feel about it, right? Like, to, don't take the therapist as like an expert on your life. You're the expert on your life. But if you want to go in, I've heard horses and people like my therapist answers her phone in the, in the sessions or she'll take like, you know, or talk about or it. So I think again, it just goes back to how do I feel and do I feel comfortable? Do I like, am I feeling like I'm being heard? Do I feel like what I'm, like, am I getting something out of this? Cause I know a lot of people go like, oh, I just go to my therapist and I talk for an hour and then I just leave. Like, do you want, do you need tools? Do you want to have homework? Do you want to be held accountable? Like what's your style? So it's just like anything else. It's like shopping for something else. You have to figure out like what feels good to you right? Yeah. I mean, definitely go to somebody, like, look at their, ask for, maybe ask for, it's hard to say, like, referrals, or, you know, from your friends, ask for somebody you trust, make sure they're that they're licensed, and they don't, you can look at the Board of Behavioral Sciences and see if they've ever had, like, a licensing, if anything, um, you know, against their license, but I would ask for, I mean, the biggest way to do it is ask for a referral if you know a friend, um, <clears throat> or, but interview them. Do you like them? Do you feel good? Mm-hmm. Is their energy good? So that would be a good start. That's awesome. That's so helpful. So tell,
0: share with the audience how they can connect with you, how they can work with you, how they can read things that you've published. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you have a book that's You're coming letting... out. I do. Well, I have a couple of things. So mm-hmm. yes, um, I am in um i was in a i am in a collaborative book called on with your dreams which is um with dr anna brown which um ona brown sorry um les brown's daughter and so it's a collaborative book of 20 different authors that each shared their own individual story of what they've been through and some kind of tragedy and come out the other end and inspiration and like feel good um so i shared more of my personal story more of my own like i said going through my divorce and rebuilding my life and. being where I am today. So that's actually coming out in September, the 19th. So awesome launch. So I'm excited about that and nervous at the same time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Like now I have to really like step in and, um, I've seen this version of myself for a while. So, um, it's all happening. And then I, it's that,
0: uh, it's that Tony Robbins vision. Like you're like, like I can, I like, can do I this do in my own right. Isn't yeah. that so that's like such yeah. a side note. Like that's such an amazing great... thing on visualization, like you thought that years ago yeah. and now yeah. you're fucking you're doing it baby <laughs> it's
1: happening i'm going Tony robbins yeah Woo! So, um that's so cool so then i also have um, a course that's going to be coming out um how foundations to freedom how to recover from a toxic relationship and the pillars are um recover your soul reclaim your power and revive your life so it's going to be a six-week course just going through some of this like things that we talked about some of the foundational skills and like how where do i go like what do i do like with a container of a support group and having those resources so i really built like i said what i wish i would have had and having that nurturing environment of sisterhood and being seen and and being heard so um yeah i will you can follow me on instagram it's hillary foster so hillary is two l's a-r-y foster underscore mft um, so when I launched that will, um, I'll share there. Um, if you want to book us, if you're interested, I do do coaching as well. If you're not, I'm in California. So, um, I do online, um, telehealth, you can have sessions, um, online or group coaching and individual coaching. So there, those are ways. So my website is orangecountypsychotherapy.com. So you can find me there. You can book online. You can send me an email or you can DM, DM me um, on Instagram. I check my messages. Um, what else? Yeah, and then I have a book. I'm not sure when it's, it's being edited right now, so it's in the process. So I do have a relationship workbook that's coming out. So it's going to be 21 weeks to a rockin' relationship. So it'll be some more of those tools and tips and things that you, we can do to enhance our relationship and really live, yeah, have the happy, healthy fun, sexy, (laughs) (laughs) sex-filled. Yes. I'll
0: And I'll share in the show notes um, all the information for people so they can find you. But anybody who's listening, just make sure you go and follow Hillary on Instagram. She's always sharing such beautiful, helpful content about relationships, not only educational, but just so inspiring and so, so motivating. I love it. Hmm, thank you so much. I thank it. you for, thank you for coming on. I loved having
1: you. That went by too fast. I know we jumped for a while. Like there's more, we're going to have to do another one.
0: We'll do a, fo- we'll do a follow-up. I'll see what more questions people have because something that's come up a lot, but it would take, it's, we need to deep dive into it. Yeah. Is it open relationships and non-monog- non-monogamy? I feel like we have a lot to talk about there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That'll be a whole episode in itself for sure.
0: I know. I know. All right. Well, awesome. Thank you so much All for right, coming. I Love you. Oh.